you can't just make up stories in these interviews because they will drill down further and ask you the details of it so you'll be caught bluffing out if you're telling the <laughs> story so i think what has saved me is that i have been in these tough situations handled it exceptionally well and then when i go to interview i have that confidence because i have my data to back up that Welcome to the Making the Career Leap podcast. I'm Lynn Loy, a talent advisor and recruiter based in Singapore. If you're thinking that it might just be time for you to change your current role or career, then this is absolutely the right podcast for you. In each episode, you can expect to hear the fascinating stories and perspectives of talented individuals I've met through my work and network. It gives me great pleasure to have these in-depth conversations that dive into the why, what and how behind the big moves that these professionals have made across different domains and industries, as well as how they might have also enabled others to make similar career leaps. If you're new to the podcast or want to tell your friends about it, just visit makingthecareerleap.com to access all podcast episodes and transcripts. Or search for Making the Career Leap on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you prefer the video format, you can also watch the podcast on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at career podcast. Now, let's go on to our interview with Chandu Rao. Welcome, Chandu, to the Making the Career Leap podcast. I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you so much for your support. And I've always enjoyed chatting with you on text, over the calls. I think having a video call like that and doing a podcast interview is just going to benefit so much more people with your wisdom and insight. Thank you, Lynn, for having me. I think it's a very good opportunity for me to share my experiences with larger audience as well. And it's very interesting, right, how we met and now yeah. podcast and I'm being invited for your podcast because I still remember the day you called me for an opportunity of course things didn't work out as intended due to whatsoever reason but for some reason we still kept in touch of course I do often seek advice from you from time to time and you are always there to guide me in the correct path and I'm so happy to be here Thank you so much, Andu. And I think I would just say this, and not just because you came on the show, right? That is, is that I talked to so many candidates and it's very rare, I think, to have the kind of rapport as well with some of the candidates who are not being transactional. I think not that the recruiters or candidates want to be, but sometimes the pressure of the work gets in the way and we are all just rushing off to do the next thing. But I remember you always had a sense of humor in the way you talk, though you have a mastery of Singlish that gives me a very good hint of how long you've spent your time in Singapore and how much you've integrated and connected with friends like this basically localized. It's so fun to have those kind of conversations, but I personally don't expect it all the time. But it's really very engaging, I think, to have that talent. Absolutely, Lynn. For me, of course, there are people who want it to be transactional. They just want to get over with it and then move on. Mm. In our initial call, I also kind of sense that you are... You're there for good and, of course, you want to bring the best candidate experience. Not everybody's yes. for it. For some people, I think they're being pressurized. That's just a quota or just another number to meet. But yeah. you are very personalized and you give a lot of importance into candidate experience, which is very important. And I'm sure the organization you're working with is very lucky to have. <laughs> Thank you, Chandu. But yeah, I think I believe you can tell us how... You bring your passion to work, but I think I'm definitely doing this because it, it kind of resonates with me. I really like connecting with people 
one-on-one and finding out what they like to do and things like that, which is a reason also why I'm doing the podcast. I feel like there's so many things that we will do over our careers. And now, maybe more so than any other time, a lot of people are thinking about doing something new, whether they like it or not, whether it was voluntary or involuntary, unfortunately. That comes back to having them hear a little bit more about what people like yourself who have making all these pivots have done. I was just curious, maybe if you could start by sharing with us, this is the first question I would pose to, to the guests is what one myth, right, about our careers that you found to be untrue? Sure. I think the most famous one, fresh grads out there or people trying to start their career, people have this misconception that you need to start great to have a great career ahead of you. That means you got to figure out everything when mm. you start. But I think some people are fortunate they have that way, but majority of the people, it will take time for you to figure out what's your passion, what are Mm. your drivers. And that's the biggest career myth I ever heard is you need to start great. I guess, you know, now that you have gone through a couple of different roles and been around the block a couple of times, I'm just curious, like, how do you define great, right? What does great mean for you at this stage of your life? Let's say if you are looking at where you are or the best roles that you've had, how What do you think that comes to mind in terms of the definition of great? I think for me personally, when I started my career, I had a lot of aspirations. I want to be there. I want to be that, be this. So my advice to everyone is that figure out what you really love to do each and every single day and try to strive towards that journey. Different people have different kind of expectations. So for some people, titles are important or being people manager or earn some kind of money or targets that they have, monetary targets. But for Mm -hmm. me, what is great is I really love what I do. It's because every day I interact with different set of customers who come from different industries. So I'm not really looking from a very narrow scope. Mm -hmm. I work with people from all sorts of industries. So I'm abreast all the trends that's happening around the industry. And that's what is really great for me. And having supportive leadership teams or people around you just the work more fun right because every day is a new challenge for you and every day is a new interaction so that's what i look at but there is no right or wrong in the process some people Mm -hmm. have different expectations or some people have different mindsets it's just along the way you have to figure out where you want to be and what you want to do otherwise it becomes so dreadful right you don't know what you want every day you wake up and you're just practically working just for the salary and then You're not enjoying what you do. So eventually this will lead to burn, right? Mm. Great for me is having supportive people around and those interactions that I have with the customers, helping them in their Mm. endeavors, making them Mm. successful. That's what is a great job for me. So I guess that's a great segue into this really interesting role. I don't know how many people who are listening to this have heard of customer success and I think maybe you have that insight also to share with us the evolution of the customer success role because it's quite a new term. It hasn't always been called customer success. It's like an emerging field. It's not definitely not customer support, but neither is it pure sales. But it's there's a very strategic intent behind customer success. And I'm just curious if you could share a bit more about how do you like look at the trajectory of how you ended up in this space? If you look at customer success, of course, the terminology is new and a lot of things are running towards it, but customer success is something, it's a newly coined term. Back in the days, they used to call it technical account managers or support account managers, because pretty much the software infrastructure was sitting on premise. So mm. 
more technical challenges and these guys were technically good they were helping customers solve problems and all these sort of things but then as we moved into the saas space what has happened is that there is no need for on premise infrastructure that means as a customer nobody has a leverage over me it's everything mm-hmm. is on the cloud so that's why more companies you see these days are roping in customer success managers is because they realize that getting new logo is equally important but then retention is the key so when you talk about retention that's where customer success managers comes into play that's why the role is become important that means for example you invest 1 million dollar worth for the software we want to ensure you use it it should it, so it's not just a shelf shelfware you're just keeping it somewhere when it comes to renewal you're like oh my god <laughs> then you want, panic it's very easy to replace so the yeah. competition is so high you because i work in cybersecurity for more mm. than a decade there are so many cybersecurity vendors customers have a lot of options they don't need to be bogged down like what they used to before so all the more important customer success is important because we want to drive the adoption we want to ensure the customers are happy these are the two main drivers so once they are happy they use our product they use all the features that's when they start to renew and then the retention comes into play because yeah. considering the current microeconomic downturn and everything so all of companies have cut down the spending people have realized software companies have realized that retention is very key and for us to retain these customers we need certain set of people with certain skill set to ensure the customers stay engaged customers are happy and they continue to renew i think that's a good sense of how the focus has shifted because of the technology right it has like also changed and that also impacted the redesign of the role but maybe for yourself how did your career start and then how did you end up pursuing this something that i would say functionally i think it's safe to say that your subject matter expert in customer success it didn't start from day one so what was that like for you in terms of your journey like actually what you told is absolutely true i didn't start it from the day one when i studied in singapore then upon graduating i was just trying to figure out because i studied networking as my major in my uni so upon graduating i always wanted to be a network engineer uh-huh. but, uh, I, i couldn't find right opportunities i was doing internship with one of the big construction companies and i was doing basically tech kind of support network support yep. kind of role but then i realized that what am i doing here like i wasn't really that much happy with the role that's when your earlier point the myth is you need to start great no i didn't start that great as well i started with networks and i figured out this is not really working out well for me i was very much active in online space back in the days uh, people used to use this thing called irc so i used to be very so active there i used to get involved with channels where they talk about hacking and all this sort of other stuff which caught my interest so that's when i started to pursue and get deeper into hacking and all this other cybersecurity stuff and so happened that i was fortunate enough to place myself in shinsei which was my first cybersecurity job starting my career mm-hmm. off as a security analyst from there it took off right so i knew that after i joined there i was really interested in it and i really loved what i do from there mm-hmm. i pretty much figured it out that this is what i want to do for the rest of my career so i continued that path but of course i did spend some time in civil service as well i used to work for ltas during that time st or other public transport operators they were my customers right so because we mm-hmm. were doing 
security operations and we are providing them as a service. So that kind of got me thinking that the interactions with the customers, understanding their expectations and meeting those demands. So I was thinking, why not explore end-user environment at some point of time got to me. I was feeling, having doubts, self-doubts. Even though I pretty much know I was in cybersecurity, but then I'm having these doubts that should I continue to stay here? I still remember one of the talent acquisition managers when she spoke to me. She had idea or she knew that I didn't come from typical vendor or software kind of space. Yeah. But she liked the conversation, how it went and how I take care of my customers internally. And then I went on to interview with Intel back in the days, which was Intel Security. At that time, the title was just Support Account Manager, but I was... Yes, there's no such uh, thing as Customer Success last year. Yeah, there was no such thing as Customer Success Manager, to be frank. I think Salesforce folks are the one who coined that Customer Mm. Success. And it is where it is today, but not a lot has been changed. I was doing pretty much the same thing as Customer Success Manager, just the title was different. Mm. I was involved more on technical terminologies or technical terms helping customers to have a better security posture but over the period of time customer success as you go along the way you give importance to retention you talk about ar mm. talk about renewal so all these sort of things so new terminologies i learned along the way and of course each and every interaction with the customer how the on-premise pivot to the cloud everything changed so this kind of growth journey led me to where I am today. And I'm very fortunate to have experienced both sides, right? So I can have the conversation from beginning to where it is customer success today. I think still there's a lot of growth potential in customer success. If anybody have any doubts that, oh, am I really suitable customer success? I think you should give it a try because it's pretty amazing place to be in. More and more companies will actually look for customer success managers just because there's a job demand don't jump into it (laughs) take your passion and see whether is this your cup of tea and the rest of it is you'll enjoy the ride actually a couple of great points that you have is just you found that it was a nice field and then you pursued and went into it but for a lot of people maybe listening they might be wondering okay so you sound like you have the technical abilities with the network engineer background is that really what got you that role in as a security analyst that brought you into this space how did you make that pivot away from more back-end support to doing that customer facing front as a recruiter i find it very difficult to convince hiring managers sometimes when the candidate does not have that background to gauge customers before, they are very reluctant to take that risk. Agree. I think some yeah. of them have, some people do have predetermined mindset. If the hiring manager is technical, he would want somebody technical. But I feel that is very short-sightedness. There are amazing people out there who has exceptional people skills, exceptional business acumen, these are the people that we need to bring in. We got to take chances on people and then bring them on board to see where we can lead them or how we can coach them to get where they want to be. For me, of course, having the technical background really helped because yeah. as a security analyst, I'm supposed to know what it is because it's the matter of having your organization breached or you're saving the attacks from happening. So yeah. you're saving the company information from being stolen or whatsoever. So of course, having the technical knowledge help but the trend is changing i think people have realized that you don't need technical genius technical skills can be learned over time yeah Uh, i think there are so many other skills people possess which is far superior from 
somebody who's maybe just technical. People got to give chance to young grads or people who want to pursue this mode of career. I see the trend changing. I did have colleagues in some of the workplaces that I work who came from a non-technical background. Of course, the learning curve was steep because as a customer success manager, you're a trusted advisor. You got to know the tech a little bit. So I think over the period of time, they will the learning curve may be steep, but they will get to it if the person is passionate. Mm-hmm. Seen people do exceptionally well, yeah. and some of them even hold leadership positions. But mm-hmm. they started off someone who is non-technical, but they are in a tech company. They understand that they can have that conversation with the customers. Of mm-hmm. course, customers don't expect CSM to or customer success managers to come and troubleshoot the issue. But you got to have a broader understanding not just customer success these days even even your field when i do have my friends who are in talent acquisition beautifully about their company's motto the software what is the problem that they are trying to solve be big data or security they can speak very eloquent things have transformed from where it used to be before and now it is not just customer success managers sales everybody yeah. in company is capable of having that conversation because the information is out there. You yeah. can learn whatever you want within a few minutes. Everything yeah. is there at fingertips. Actually, that's such an important takeaway, right? So I just saw this quote. Somebody was posting it on LinkedIn, basically saying, you think ChatGPT will change the world? Look at how Canva came across 10 years ago and there's still really bad graphics. But it's like all these tools and information, if you're just average, you are in trouble. Right. But if you are great, these tools can give you that advantage. Right. But there is that gap there that I think not everybody can fully utilize it. So you, last time, maybe everybody was bunched up and you can't really differentiate as much. But now that when there is so much more information, like the average and the great, it's like distance gets wider and wider. I feel. I don't know what you, you get no, a sense. I absolutely. I saw that quote as well and I, I totally yeah. agree. So people have this misconception. I got some people who reach out to me like fresh grads or yeah. their podcasts or LinkedIn posts that I do, articles that I do. People mm-hmm. reach out. How can I break into customer success? Yeah, okay. It's, just, it's like anybody can break into it. For example, if your wife or mother were to ask you to do a certain chore in the house, like just sweep the floor or mop the floor, you're going to get it done in very fast and you can get back to them telling that this is how you did it. And it's all about delighting people. It doesn't necessarily have to be external people. It can yeah. be your internal stakeholders, the departments or other business units are coming and seeking your help. How do you manage that conversation to ensure they yeah. get what they want and they're happy about the whole experience of it, right? Mm-hmm. What is underlying of customer success is not just talking to your customers nicely and then come back and you're like you're angry on your team members that is not customer success it's like the whole interaction life cycle of everything how you interact Mm -hmm. with different people that's what is customer success about and it's not rocket science it's not something that i possess and the other people don't actually i would love to encourage people to take a plunge in it because it has a great leap way going forward it's going to be getting more and more important because companies are trying to see how they can be innovative, cut costs, automation, and all these sort of things. You don't have that those in the olden days where you have those physical servers and physical appliances. Those days are gone. So people have lots of choices. So how do you fight it out and how do you retain or how do you have that customer relationship skills? So those are really amazing. And I do learn each and every day from a customer success 
practitioner perspective i do learn from a lot of people when i go to a restaurant yeah. i see the interaction and i learn from the interactions of the waiters or waiter how they interact with me or if i fly and go to a hotel lounge how personalized yeah. they are so hmm. previously the customer success was pretty much only related to hospitality where hotel is the only place where you know they respect you welcome you and then they're yeah. so personalized other industries were like they were like oh, whatever <laughs> you know, that has changed so people yeah. are getting used to being treated well being treated with respect and That's of course true. the whole yeah. relationship journey I was going to ask you if looking at yourself again and don't feel like you need to be humble or anything. <laughs> I think it's actually quite difficult I would say for somebody with a technical background to be very engaging and customer facing. So there are some strengths and superpowers that I'm sure your interviewers saw in you and when you made that transition. But looking back, what do you think maybe the younger self that you had when you were going to this field perhaps one of the things that you felt the interviewer picked up on that gave you that opportunity to do this right to pivot into this area and are they the same strengths that has helped you to grow in this space yeah i think for me the most important is empathy being empathetic to oh. people that has helped me a great deal there was one instance where one of the interviewers was super nasty to me oh my gosh <laughs> but later, it's not a really that bad as it sounds because later i figured out he just wanted to see or test oh, point will i break yeah. when you deal with customers highly critical systems there are probabilities and there are instances where things will go terribly wrong and when you go on a call when you meet a customer it's the worst ever time for you to be having that conversation with customers <laughs> how do you handle the pressure because it's really takes a toll on your health your complete well-being but as long as you are focused on what is the direction that you're heading to and solution is key that you're driving towards forget all the idiosyncrasies or human nature behavior then yeah. only you will succeed i think for me that played quite a important role in terms of how i handle stressful situations or being empathetic of course typical customer success interviews they will ask you to give a live example of how you handle that tough situation what did you do you can't just make up stories in these interviews because they will drill down further and ask you the details of it so you'll be caught bluffing out if you're telling the <laughs> story so i think what has saved me is that i have been in these tough situations handled it exceptionally well and then when i go to interview i have that confidence because i have my data to back up that I have really done this and this is how I handle it. I can speak very confidently about yeah. it. So it assures the hiring manager that this guy can handle difficult customers. Customers are never easy. Nobody will tell you that I got a million dollars. Can you please give me your software? Nobody <laughs> So when it comes to renewal, there will be tough conversations and they have every right to do it. You can't say they are wrong. It's true. It can be challenging because they will be facing internal heat, internal challenges. which we don't see so as long as you're oriented on solutioning you're helping them they can clearly see through the whole thing that's my greatest strength being empathetic to people and being there for people which i really is key value driver for me not just professionally but personally beat my friends or whoever being there is very important i think we've covered the interview process and i'm just curious when it gets to the office stages of all the different roles that you've had did you have a strategy of what you would do to become like a top candidate for the role do you try out different things be it how to stand out and emerge as the 
top candidate or was your focus on something else? Sure. I think for me, to be very frank, I never tried to be top candidate at times. I never asked in an interviewer that how many other candidates are there in the pipeline. I get a question a lot. (laughs) Because for me, the thing is, how does it, that's my personal take, of course, People are different and I respect everybody's opinion. For me, how does it matter? For example, if talent acquisition managers say there are 50 in the line. So are you going to just give up thinking, oh my God, there are 50 people. What are the odds that I'm the best among 50? No, I don't think that way. For me, I never ask somebody that how many candidates are there. What I try to do, of course, not every interview I have gotten selected and I have a job offer. No, I've been through many failures. Of course, I learn along the way. But for me, what has worked is that when they have job descriptions or JD, I usually map out to see where do I stand. I have this Mm. uh, mental scoring system. So, for example, if they say 15 years in customers, I have 10 years, so five years, yeah, it should be okay. Then you say... (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so there are cases where people just give up. I have previously applied for roles which people have just given up thinking that's way too high. But when I go and talk, it's just a normal conversation. And sometimes it really worked for me. But then when it comes to compensation part, it didn't work out. That is a separate story. But you shouldn't be scared of trying anything. Right? If you are confident, you have the skill set that is required. So map one-to-one on where do I stand? I have Excel spreadsheet, actually. So oh, that, left, that is very analytical of you. Well, I have the job has it. left side. And then on the right side, I put in where do I stand? So when I map it out, that mind mapping will helps me to see where do I stand in this role. And Mm -hmm. for me, I don't just blindly apply like 50, 60 jobs. They call it rich applying now, right? So I see where do I stand and what the company itself and then go for it. So once I go for it, I go all in. Of course, all the rounds are in your favor. There are certain rounds of interview where you feel a bit let down. But then I come back up. The resilience definitely counts. I'm just curious, at what percentage of confidence do you need after you're doing your analysis to go for a role? Do you need 70%? I think the most important thing is when you're applying for a role, you already have, you should have that 70% that I'm going to go and nail this. <laughs> and then when you map it out, it gives you a booster. Mm. Yeah, this is meant yeah, another to be 10, 20%. Perfect. Yeah, then it will make that 100%. So 70% yeah. you're confident of skill set, yeah. the thing that you have gone through in your career, the experience that it has taught you. Mm-hmm. Then mapping out gives you that extra booster to make it. That I like 100%. that. And you're like, Okay, this is mine. Yeah. It's like so, you have to first to sell it to yourself first yeah. before you can get it. If you like go in with only like 70% of confidence, it's not really going to be very helpful to get you the out- outcome that you're looking for. But if you're going in at like 100% because you've really sold it to yourself, I can do this, right? You see all the data points in front of you and like, okay, I can go do it. And the outcome is actually probably going to be a lot more positive. Yeah. yeah. The greatest thing that I learned is don't just assume that you're the smartest and whenever you go in and yeah. talk, you're going to get it. No, just take it as, for me, interviews are more like conversation. I do ask a lot of questions from the interviewer to know more about yes. the culture, what yeah. they did in their company. And if they're doing a backfill, what happened to the previous person? When was the last time that anybody in your team 
was promoted to something else. The, That's a good question. Yes. Yeah, what is the possibility? Because interview is a two-way process. Gone are the mm-hmm. days where you just sit and listen to what the other person is talking to you or questioning. You yeah. have equal right to know about the company because you're making a big decision, right? It is not just like buying a piece of candy, eating it and throwing away the wrapper. No, it's not so simple as that because no, you as you read it, progress you in career, you yeah. think about those questions are very important. For me, I tell myself mentally prepare that this is going to be a conversation. It's not like somebody is asking me questions and I'm answering. Start of my career, of course, I was very shy, very timid. I, I, used to <laughs> and I was like, okay, yes. But over yeah. the period of time with the exposure that I got, interactions with the people has given me that confidence that I will take it as a conversation, regardless of exec interviewing me, manager, yes. or treat everybody equal, to be frank. Yeah. So it may yeah. be my peer. I give him the equal due respect and want to know more about, tell me a day, like, how do you feel? What do you typically do in a day? Mm-hmm. When was the last time you were trained or you went for a training? You really loved it. All these mm-hmm. sort of things. It's more of interaction, not much of some, it's like a school teacher setting. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that you can't teach a person. And I really hope that people who are watching this, they can just see how at ease you are, right? Because when we are having a conversation with somebody, there's always two tracks happening, at least, right? There is, yes, I am listening to what Chandu is saying and, you know, how he's relating the experience. But I have so many other senses. There's picking up on what is Chandu's vibe? How is his voice? Is he like rushing somewhere or is he like steady and calm? And I think all the interviewers are having that two tracks, like they're processing the information they're hearing, but there is also that whole picking up other kind of cues of how you are that I think humans are so attuned to because it's necessary for evolution. We need to know whether we should fly. Is this danger and we just get out of here as soon as possible or is it safe and we still want to stay with this person and think about that. I really hope people when they watch this or hear this, right? They can get a sense of like, you have been calm. You are interested having a conversation, but it's just very comfortable. Yeah, I think oftentimes that is a very key skill that people forget. It's not just fancy degrees or something. But for example, if an interviewer comes to interview you, you don't know what his day has been like. You don't know what is he going through. Always give that benefit or doubt. As long as you put him in a better mood or a better mind space, (laughs) exit the interview yeah. your chances are there he will still give you a chance yeah. but of course after that you go through many rounds and then it's all based on your capability mm. and how you manage the conversations but i Definitely. think what you told is 100 true you should be eager to listen mm. participate in the conversation and of course you do not know answers for every single thing that they ask yeah, not possible even i also don't know so when i interviewed for my current company that i work with people asked about some of the stuff that I didn't know, I just said that clearly that I do yeah. not have that exposure until now yeah. in my career. But given the opportunity, I will have the exposure and I'll yeah. pick it up. And these are the technical skill set that I have, which is related to this. You map that and you mm. say that I can pick it up at a much faster pace. But I was very clear that I do not have exposure in it. Yeah, the mapping exercise is definitely very helpful. I think I hope people will practice that after hearing this. Really appreciate your time, Chandu. And I think, you know, we're more or less coming to the end of the conversation. So I'm just curious if there is there one like key lesson from your experience that you want listeners to take away from today's conversation. Does anything come to mind for you? I think it's much more than one. If you yeah, don't go mind. For it. So the first thing is don't think that you got to always make the right choice first when mm. you start the career. Yeah. Uh, it takes time for people to figure out what they want to do. And 
never be pessimistic or just, oh, what kind of job I have or something like that. So just be positive because a lot of people are watching you. Even when you walk down the office floor, you may think that you're being negative, <laughs> but people can pick up those wipes. Yeah. So yeah. Always have that positive outlook, no matter whatever you're going through. And have their support system in the office as well, be it your colleagues or friends. It's very key for your this one. And currently, whatever the macroeconomic conditions, mm. is, you see a lot of sad things happening like layoffs and all those kind of things. So mental health is very important. Please give yeah. a lot of importance to it. Eat exercise or eat clean and have that support or bond with your loved ones, which will give you all the courage and encouragement. And when if you don't get selected in a particular interview, that doesn't mean you're bad or you're wrong or no such thing. It's just yeah. that, that you didn't suit those requirements. There will be places where your requirements will be more suited yeah. or you will flourish. So always bear that in mind. Thank you so much, Chandu. I think that's wonderful. And I know you'll continue and get to do a lot more sharing on LinkedIn, some of your thoughts and things like that. And is that the best place that people can also follow what you're doing and that interact with you on that platform? Yes, that's the best place yeah. to reach out to me. And LinkedIn is a very powerful tool if you use it in the right way. Yeah. Uh, of course, expressing your opinions, which is helpful for others, is always important. Like a normal like Instagram influencers, just <laughs> the content or post something which other people may find useful. Yeah. I, have, I have got a lot of people who have added me from different countries have been asked to host a podcast somewhere in Africa talking about cybersecurity oh, nice. security career. Yeah. So I did that. It was really good. But so when you have that open intent to help out for you looking out for the greater good, everything yeah. will come and fall in place. It's funny, right? Like to get to a best outcome for yourself is actually by helping others achieve what they want. And then you don't have to worry about yourself because right? you'll be taken care of along the way. In yeah, absolutely. As long as you have the willing heart to go and contribute to community in some way, not yeah. just, you know, I have done that, I have everything else and I'm going to relax. No, I mean, just share your knowledge and never be shy of sharing people's, your experiences. And it can resonate. There's like billion of people in the world, whole world. I think your stories or your views resonate with a lot of them so think about it it's yeah. not just singapore or any related to specific country it's true but, yeah thank you so much chandu really appreciate your time and that's just i think we definitely need to get a kopi or a teo teo for me i have a very important question uh, yes. i know you're doing this for a greater good lin and i really appreciate taking your time off from your busy schedule i know how busy you are but you're still taking Likewise. time but what is that one thing that keeps you driving uh, to making the career leap. You start working on it and then you work regardless of the outcome. So what is that yeah. one thing that is driving you now? I think that for me, maybe at the core, there is a gap I feel in terms of, because I do this every day. I talk to candidates every day and I'm hiring managers. And in terms of the people that I meet, it's not that they're not talented, but really there is only one job opening usually at the end. And I think sometimes a lot of candidates, they might not get a sense of how keen the competition is. It's not that they're not good, right? It's just that there is a lot of things that the hiring managers or the recruiters, they are looking for, the other interviewers who are key stakeholders. So I think it's a matter of like 
exposure you know, to really understand, not, don't just type into chat GPT, okay, how do I get a job? And then they spit out the answer and they're going to get a job. That's really not how it works, right? But I'm listening to people like yourself who have really that experience in a particular field, especially, I think it's super helpful. And on a personal level, I've always enjoyed having conversations with people. So this is like a dream come true in a way. I remember like when I was younger in school, I just thought to myself, oh no, I'm in trouble because I have no idea what a what I want to do for a career, but I just know I enjoy interesting conversations. And after I've tried out a couple of things, like you said, it turns out that being in like a talent space, right? Be it talent management, talent acquisition, HR, it gives me the opportunity to do that. So sometimes the thing about having a dream is when you have that dream, then you got to go do it. This is completely out of my comfort zone. I know you'd be really kind to say before we started that you thought I was really confident, but this is also out of my comfort zone, but I really feel like that's something when you have the opportunity to do what you want to do, then you got to do it. Yeah, that's why I'm doing it. Thanks, Lynn. That's very noble. And uh, you are really a pro in hosting podcasts. I would like to. Uh, <laughs> and thank you for having me. Chandu. All right. So they have a wonderful rest of the day and yeah, definitely we'll be in touch in person and have that coffee. Sure. Thank you, Lynn. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.